0: There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on, Jeff Rieger? It's another episode of The Daily Ticket, this one for a Tuesday. It's the 19th of December. So close to Christmas, happy holidays, hopefully everybody... I don't know, maybe you're off work, maybe you're off school, maybe you're out Christmas shopping, whatever you're doing, thank you for watching and listening, you guys rock, you really do. It's been a while, so here's shameless plug time. Please follow, rate, review the daily ticket, you guys kick ass. Anyway, so I think yesterday's podcast pretty much said it all, we were all excited and stoked. When the Lions beat the Broncos 42-17. to And by the way, I hope everybody enjoyed the pictures of my brother being miserable. Because I did. In fact, I got a lot of comments on that podcast. And a third of the comments were about my brother being miserable. On a Saturday night in downtown Detroit. Made me feel good. Listen, he chose to be a Bronco fan. So he's got to deal with it when the Lions kick their ass. But you know how this goes. We're a couple days after the win. Whole world's talking about the NFL. When I'm recording this currently, 254 on a Monday, the Eagles have yet to play the Seahawks. Lions got a legitimate chance to be a two seed without a doubt. Currently, they're a three seed. We know the Rams are currently in the playoffs, and they could be the Lions' first competition in the playoff. At home at Ford Field, Stafford v. Golf. More on that in a future podcast. Now, I feel we were ahead of the curve. We talked about that before anybody talked about that. But this podcast isn't about any of that stuff. This is about what's next, because you know as well as I know that when you win, it feels fucking fantastic, especially a game like you did on Saturday. They really silenced the critics, the golf critics the Campbell critics, the Lions critics, the SOL critics to go out and send that message on national TV. I mean, that was awesome. But now that it's been a couple of days and the human spirit is pretty much like, okay, what's next? At least with me, I can't enjoy it anymore. I now go searching about how it can continue. I think that's human nature, right? Like, it's really great when it happens and you let it sink in and wash over you for the first, like, 24 to 36 hours. Then you reach a point where you say, all right, got the Minnesota Vikings, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Minnesota's going to be a desperate team. You win and you win the division, which, by the way, that would happen on Christmas Eve. You could win the division on Christmas Eve, where one year before that, you lost to Carolina That was the game that sunk the Lions' playoff chances. That would be a hell of a Christmas gift. Here you go. First ever time winning the NFC North. First time since winning the division since 1993. 30 freaking years. So next week's going to be great, and I hope they win. But you know, Minnesota, even with a backup quarterback in Nick Mullins, is going to be a desperate, hungry football team that actually led on the road in Cincinnati by 14 points. But I went searching today. I went searching how this could continue. I went searching to answer the question, was it a blip one-time thing, good matchup against the Broncos, or can they continue to play like this for the remaining three games of the season and then, of course, the postseason? Because none of this matters if the Lions can't win a playoff game, maybe two playoff games. So here's what I found. Let's first start with the updates that Dan Campbell provided yesterday. It's all great news. C.J. Garner-Johnson, the safety, his clock is officially starting. I have no idea if he's going to be able to play against Minnesota, but damn it, it's going to be great to have him back. And with, with and when you saw how the defense played on Saturday, blitzes coming from every position group on the defense, you know, adding C.J. Garner-Johnson only really helps that D. Also, Dan Campbell announcing that Hendon Hooker, added to the active roster. Now, I would assume he's not going to play, but that tells you that his practice has gone pretty good. They could have shut him down. They decided not to. Now he's a Detroit Lion for the remainder of the season. And then, and this is the best question you get to ask. When you got yourself a great football team and the Lions have themselves a great football team, you ask the question, hey, coach, hey, coach, what if You clinch a playoff spot and you have absolutely nothing to play for on the last game of the season. What do you do? What's your philosophy? Some coaches like to play players. Some coaches like to play players like a half game. Other coaches are like, nope, you're resting. It's a bye for you. Dan Campbell said, quote, when we're done with the season, they'll get some rest. Meaning he's going to play everybody. Even if you can't advance your seating in the last game at Ford Field in a couple weeks, I believe it's January 7th, if I'm not mistaken, against the Vikings, even if it means nothing, expect all the starters to play, which gives you a little bit of stress, doesn't it? But going back to my original question, now that they kicked the Broncos' ass and they proclaimed to the world that we're back, is it going to continue? Why will it continue? And there's so many reasons that it could continue. Like just perusing social media. These are all great things about your Detroit Lions. The Lions are the only team in the NFL to have four players with seven touchdowns this season. David Montgomery, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Pretty amazing. That could be a reason that it does continue. I like this one. The Detroit Lions have won 11 games in a season three times in team history. 2014, 1962, and 1931. Holy shit. Wow. When you really put that into perspective, that's kind of pathetic. Three times in team history, you get to 11 wins. If the Lions beat Minnesota, they'll be at 11 wins for the fourth time in team history. The Detroit Lions have only won 12 games one time in a season. That, of course, is the season that we all talk about way back in 1991. I don't know if you were alive or not. I was. I was a freshman in high school. I thought my whole life was ahead of me at that point. I thought, surely this will happen once or twice more by the time I get to 48, the age I'm currently at right now. But if they win two more games, they got three remaining. They will, for the second time in franchise history, get to 12 wins. That's pretty sweet. Do you know that the Lions have never, ever, ever won 13 games in a season? They win out. If they beat Minnesota twice and the Dallas Cowboys once, and by the way, Dallas sure did look like crap in Buffalo the other night. Gives you hope, doesn't it? Or it makes you more afraid, depending on how you're looking at it. But if they win out, the Lions could get the 13 wins. Pretty cool, right? I got another fun fact for you. The Detroit Lions are the only team that win a game on a Monday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday this season. It's kind of cool, right? Doesn't tell you if they're going to be able to continue this good play, but it does tell you that, hey, you know what? If they play on a Thursday or a Monday, then you know what? They got a chance. I guess that's worth something. How about this one? This one comes from Detroit Lions PR. The Lions have scored 48 touchdowns this season. This is the most touchdowns the franchise has ever logged through the first 14 games of any season. There's that. Sam Laporta, nine receiving touchdowns this season, sets a new single-season franchise record among all rookies. He's a big reason why you could do truly something special this year. What have I missed? The Lions are undefeated on primetime. They're 4-0. That's pretty sweet. Do you know that Dan Campbell has 19 wins over the last two seasons? That's tied for the most wins for the Detroit Lions in a two-season span. Now, some of these records are kind of pathetic while they're great. Because, really? Really? It ties a record 19 wins over the course of two seasons. It just tells you how bad things have been. But still, it's great that things are great now. So that's just some of the fun stuff. But I haven't really given you a real reason why this can continue. I haven't given you a real reason why, you know what? The Lions are legitimate, and what you saw on Saturday against the Broncos is no fluke. But I can. I think I have the reason why this continues. And it's not the fact that Aaron Glenn revamped the defense. It's not the fact that they were blitzing from everywhere. It's not the fact that Aiden Hutchinson and Bruce Irvin on the D-line seemed to be a force. It's none of that. Lions defense as a whole got home against the Denver Broncos. That was great to see. It's none of that. A big reason, maybe the reason, that the Detroit Lions could not just be a playoff team, but they could make a deep-ass run in the postseason is because of their offensive line. And before you laugh, before you say, oh, maybe that's even generic, let me explain, okay? Do you know that the Detroit Lions, when using their starting offensive line, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragdow, Graham Glasgow, Panay Sewell. The Lions are 5 0 in that span. When they play, they're starters. They're 5 0. Do you know during that five game span? In those five games, The Lions averaged 38.4 points a game on offense, 421.2 yards a game, 179.4 rushing yards, five and a half yards per carry, and Jared Goff has a rating of 121.73. Could you imagine if this offensive line, they've only been healthy for five times all season long. Could you imagine if this O-line actually stays healthy? I think the Lions could beat anybody. Because if the O-line stays healthy, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, huge holes opened up for them. You see what they can do. That extra burst that Jameer has the ability to break tackles, the nose for the end zone, and David Montgomery is just so dependable. Six yards per carry, awesome. So the offensive line plays, those five guys play. That just means fantastic things for the running backs and, of course, great time for Jared Goff because the story with Jared Goff is pretty damn simple. Like, he's not a world beater. He's not going to do it on his own. Most quarterbacks aren't going to do it on their own. I'd say 90% of quarterbacks that play in the NFL need really good offensive line play. And if they don't get it, they're going to have pressure in their face. They're going to go down like a sack of potatoes. And you know what? Or is it potatoes? I'm not quite sure. Anyway, they're going to go down like a sack of potatoes. And you don't really have a chance. There's about like five quarterbacks in this league that when pressure is consistently in their face, they're still going to be able to make a play. I think part of the reason the fans don't want Jeremy to go off here is because he's not one of those quarterbacks. But good luck finding one of those quarterbacks. And this is not even a do you resign him or don't you resign him conversation. I'm not doing that right now. There's no reason to do it right now. The story is not complete. But what I can tell you, if those five men are able to suit up For the remainder of the season, I love my chances as a Lions fan. You should too. It's that easy. Because even if the defense doesn't play great, even if the opposition adjusts from all the different areas that Aaron Glenn was having them blitzing from on Saturday, you know your offense can outscore the other team when those five guys are protecting for Jared Goff. How about Jamison Williams, by the way, too? He is now a counted on member of this offense. Seven targets, made some big grabs, nice yak after catching the ball, made some nice moves, can take a hit. Like, add J Mo and that speed, and those two kids from Alabama, J Mo and Gibbs, my God, they can fly. You get the same five guys, and I truly believe you got a chance against everybody. And I truly believe, and I truly believe, you get those same five guys blocking for you, and I truly believe you got a chance against everybody. That's my reason. By the way, because I know you're wondering, well, who were the five games against? It wasn't the Chiefs. Remember Vitai, who seems like he's always injured? He played in that game. The five offensive linemen that kill it when they play together, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Graham, Glasgow, Frank, Ragnow, Panay, Sewell. They're 5-0 against the Packers at Lambeau, the Carolina Panthers, the Chargers, the Saints, and the Broncos. Now, I know those teams they beat are not world beaters. So the cynics and the skeptics and the doubters will probably say, oh, big deal. They beat five bad or mediocre teams. And I would buy that. I think you got a point because that's the first exact thing I thought of. When I saw the stat and Will Birchfield from 97 won the ticket, does a great job. He came up with the stat on Twitter. The first thing I did think of after was like, wow, my first response was, that is awesome. And then my second response was, well, well, who'd they play? And they haven't played world beaters. I would agree. But you're going to get those same five guys against Minnesota who's trying to win a division title or at least try to make the postseason. If they play well against them, will that convince you? What about the big game in two weeks? The Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. That's a game that everybody's already writing the Lions off on. Nobody's going to give them a chance to win that game. Even with what happened in Buffalo. Dallas this weekend has to go to Miami. That's probably a loss. Dallas is going to come on pissed off in a couple weeks at Jerry Dome. Hopefully, these five offensive linemen are going to be out there blocking for Jared Goff. If you beat Dallas, would you be convinced? What about the Rams in the playoffs? What about the Packers in the playoffs? What about the Vikings in the playoffs? Maybe then you'll be convinced. I'm telling you, I truly believe, you can let me know what you think, but I truly believe. If you get these five guys out every game for the remainder of the season, you got a chance. And Jared Goff is going to play some lights-out football. Because it doesn't matter if he's on or off. All I know is if you give any quarterback, especially that dude, a chance to carve you up, he's going to do exactly that. He's going to shred you. So that's why I believe this is sustainable. Is that stupid? Do you buy it? There's more than Just the O-line that goes into football. I think we know this. But with this team, those five guys, they play. I think you feel pretty damn good about your chances to win playoff games and maybe make it to the NFC title game. And hell, dare I say, even further. So tomorrow on the Daily Ticket, we'll talk about seedings. We'll talk about who the Lions could play maybe this time tomorrow the Lions will already clinch the playoff spot because currently all they need is Seattle to lose tonight and they're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs anyway, let's be honest. There's like zero chance they miss the playoffs. Even if they lose out, they're going to be in the playoffs. So let's not get dramatic there. But the game tonight is interesting. And when I say tonight, I mean last night, if you're watching, of course, on a Tuesday. Because if Seattle loses, you're in the playoffs. If Seattle wins... That means Philly loses, and you get a better chance at the two seed. See, it's a beautiful thing, and we can talk more about this tomorrow, but the Lions have a legitimate chance to get the two seed. I'm not going to go as crazy and say the one seed, because I just don't think the Niners are going to slip up. I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're that good. But the two seed, that means you get two home playoff games. If you win your first one, you get another one. And the only time you would have to go on the road, probably to San Francisco, would be the NFC title game. Two seed's important. So much better than the three seed. Because the three seed, you're guaranteed one home playoff game. And the next week, if you win that playoff game, you got to go on the road. So let me know what you think. I've scoured the internet. The stat books. I do believe the reason why Saturday was legitimate Is because of that offensive line. And when those five dudes play, you got yourself a great chance to win the football game because Jared Goff and company are going to have a ton of time to let the offense do its thing. 38.4 points a game. And how about Frank Ragnow, by the way? Dan Campbell confirmed yesterday, yep, meniscus surgery. Dude's out there two weeks later. I mean, what a beast. So let me know what you think. What's the biggest reason what you saw Saturday is real? Or maybe you don't believe it's real. Maybe it's a blip on the radar. Let me know. Comment section below. Speaking of the comments, let's go ahead and get to some comments, shall we? Um, I want to read a couple comments on Twitter. All right? I got a good one, and I got a bad one. Here's the good one. This one comes your way from Scott Friedman. Says, awesome pod today, Rieger. Laughing my ass off at the pics of your brother. Really cool he got to meet Sean Payton. That's right. A lot of people enjoyed in my brother being miserable. I enjoyed in my brother being miserable. Who I am. And then, how about this one? It's a bad comment. Here in the daily ticket, I usually read a good comment and a bad comment. Here's the bad comment. This one comes from. An individual called Mage Stealth. He goes by Stealth Menace. Very scary name. He responded to my tweet. After the game on Saturday, I tweeted out after a week of anxiety and worries, it took one dominant awesome beatdown of the Denver Broncos to remind us all that this is a pretty fucking good team. Forget agonizing about the division and start dreaming about the one seed. Just a half game out. They're back. So this individual, stealth menace, didn't like that comment. He thought I was too wishy-washy. Apparently, I was flip-flopping. So he responded. He said, Rieger, you suck, man. Last week, you're stirring shit up by suggesting the Packers might take the division. I mean, does that mean I suck? The one thing about doing this job that I don't think people fucking realize is stuff changes. You react to what's right in front of your face. So if I say in week two, the Packers are going to win the damn Super Bowl, and then in week five, you realize they're total and utter frauds. Am I supposed to keep saying the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl? Of course not. Like, honestly, you react with the evidence in front of you. It's like live tweeting a game. In the first quarter, you might be negative because the Lions or whatever team you're watching suck. In the fourth quarter, that team might win. And you know what, you're a hell of a lot happier and people can say you flip-flopped or maybe you just reacted to the new evidence. That's what I don't get. You can't tell me at 1.3 weeks ago, you were not worried about the Packers. And if you were not, you're a better person than me because I was a little petrified. Now they've lost two straight. They're not looking like the same team. And you know what? They're not a problem. So you set your sights on a different team to worry about. But my goodness, I don't get it. Anyway, I usually take being ripped down a little better than that, but sometimes it's just so stupid. Anyway, I got to go, guys. My dog, there she is again. Go ahead, Bouncy. What's the deal? You going to bark? Yeah. What do you think of the Lions? What do you think of the Lions? Yeah. Are they? Bark once, Bouncy. Bark once if they're going to win the Super Bowl. Bark twice if they're going to win the Super Bowl. That was twice, I think. What do you want? Real quick science experiment before we leave. She cannot bark without leaving her front two paws. You think I'm lying? Watch. See? always leaving her two paws. always, never fails. I wonder why that is. Get back to me. All right, that's the daily ticket. I got to go take care of my dog. Um, We'll catch you on a Wednesday. But do you agree? The biggest reason this thing is real, I do believe, is because of that offensive line and what they can play together. If not the old line, give me another reason. All right, I got to go take care of a dog. See you guys on a Wednesday. Goodbye.